Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey podcast, episode number 38. We're joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at VJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I am doing great. I want to let our listeners know we are VMware Solution Engineers, looking to bring you the career advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. We hope our discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. I've been on the edge of my seat all week. We talked to John Hildebrand last week about his career all the way up until right before he got unexpectedly laid off. So that was part one. That was last week. And this week, uh, hopefully we're going to get the rest of the story. Yeah, this time we get to hear kind of how he felt when it happened, how he reacted, the process he went through to get back on his feet after an unfortunate situation. Should be good. Excellent. So here is John Hildebrand with the rest of the story. Like a lot of us, when we're young, we gotta we gotta get burned a little bit before we before we start to um, start to realize exactly what we're look at, what we're looking for as far as employment's concerned. So that, that's how you learn not to touch a hot pan. Exactly. I mean, even though even though your fingers might be able to grab it after a while because you've melted your finger uh, your fingerprints off, doesn't necessarily mean that you keep grabbing the hot pan. <laughs> Speaking of getting burned, so I know that uh, at the employer you worked at right before Cohesity. Uh, it sounded like from what you described that things were going well, you enjoyed what you were doing, but you kind of got burned there. Could you maybe talk about that a little bit? So um, so we, we get to about year four and, you know, it, obviously I must have set some sort of weird precedence that, uh, you know, I must enjoy staying at a particular place for as long as humanly possible. Most people consider shoot, you spent 14 years at one place. That's, you know, you, yeah, you missed out on like five major salary bump up increases and things like that. So, um, no, but, uh, when I was there, things were, things were starting to like, like anything there's, there's ebbs and flows that happen. Um, things were starting to actually, as far as I was concerned, trying to go up on an uptick because we were talking about now re-implementing newer technologies. We were talking about trying to bring, I mean, stuff that I was talking with the upper management about, trying to bring actual public cloud integration into things, starting to look more into what the, what the was starting to then be labeled as like hybrid and multi-cloud as far as customers were concerned, not just focus on on-premises technology. And I mean, I, I still remember the one of the last projects that a few of my coworkers and I were working on where we were, um, it was more in the Microsoft realm because we had, we had a good Microsoft relationship. So Azure was kind of our preferred cloud and we had a lot of O365 mail migration, things like that. So it just kind of made sense that Microsoft was the, was the ecosystem that we'd spend a lot of our time in. So I had gone up to uh, Redmond slash Seattle slash Bellevue to, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, um, as far as things were concerned. And so Azure Stack was was a thing that we were definitely looking at. We wanted to add a little more of a public cloud flair to on-premises capabilities. So 
we had gone up there three, four times and I had gotten really excited because I felt like I was getting closer to what I wanted to work on, which was getting more closer to public clouds. Well, we realized that we had a ways to go as far as our rest of our infrastructure was concerned. So we had started launching some exploratory projects into things like uh, virtualizing network stacks with you know, VMware's NSX. Um, we were trying to look, instead of being such a Cisco-oriented shop at the time, to try to bring things like vCloud Director back in. Because while I was there, vCloud Director was a thing. Then it was pseudo-killed off. And then it was brought back from the dead like some sort of some sort of weird Walking Dead episode that uh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to, to come back from, but um, it, so we were we were really excited because we started to see new things in the uh, the service provider pro program within VMware, and we were excited about getting some of these newer technologies added to it because from our perspective, it was adding essentially pennies on the dollar to add more functionality as far as what we would pay, and then. You know, when you're in a service provider role, there's always markup to have to worry about and, you know, make your money off of it. And we felt we were we were working towards that. Um, but there was these rumblings that were being told about the possibility that the company wanted to acquire um, some other smaller organizations within other cities they wanted to expand. And if there's one thing that I know now that when a smaller company tries to talk like that, there's certain acronyms that you start to hear things like EBITDA and other business terminologies that when you go to borrow the money from your benefactors, that they in return ask you to start to slim things down. And one of the first things a lot of places will try to do is they slim high salary positions and Thus ends my morning of, I'd say, April 16th. I just got in. I was just excited about the fact that I had finally gotten cross vCenter vMotion to work in the lab. And I get notified that I need to come into my manager's office to have a little chat. And essentially, the HR lady's on the phone and my manager's looking like he's about to throw up. So um, that's pretty much at that particular point, that was, you know, just it's one of those sorts of things where you know, maybe it wasn't it wasn't necessarily loyalty. I'll put it that way. But I felt like um, this is this is really happening. I mean, you, you hear from all these other folks that are just like, oh, well, got downsized, lost my job. And you're like, oh, well, that that sucks. I've never had that happen before. Now you just got dumped, essentially from from your employer so so it was it was interesting because i felt myself i won't say like out of body experience but you're like wow this is really happening and i'm looking at my manager and he's like trying to avoid eye contact with me and i could tell the hr lady on the phone from the remote office is pretty much just basically reading from a script just to get this over with um and honestly after, after it was all said and done and they gave me the paperwork and basically, and then they told me, well, you can come back for your personal stuff in a week um, at that particular point. Where's your, where's your laptop at? They gave me no time to actually box anything up because they didn't want everybody else in the office to essentially see what was happening. They wanted to reveal the information after the fact. So um, yeah. So, but the funny, a funny story that I actually have related to this. So I'm out in my vehicle just after being walked out. I hand over my badge. 
my manager told me, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call later. We'll, we'll chat this out from a more personal perspective. And, you know, um, I, so I get to my, I get to my vehicle, I sit and I call my wife and I'm like, well, I guess I'm coming home. She's like, what's, what's happening? Well, I guess I get to go look for a new job. And she's like, what? And, you, you know, it's sort of like, well, we'll talk about this. I'll be home in like 15, 20 minutes and we'll, we'll figure this out. Then as soon as I hang up the phone, the, the realization dawns upon me. Oh, crap. They just took my laptop. I was actually supposed to go across state to St. Louis and give a presentation at a VMUG user con. And now I have no device to give a presentation from. So I had just lost my job and I'm more worried about giving the presentation at a user con the next day that I'm, I then I call my wife up and I go, you know, I should probably go like I know. So they gave me the severance package and all the information on pay and things like that. So I knew I wasn't going to be immediately destitute for any particular reason, but I'm like, uh, you know, maybe I should go like buy a personal laptop so that I can actually, you know, do things and start to like look for jobs and stuff like that. So, but um, so even, even then the first thing out of my mind wasn't necessarily anything related to the employer at that particular point. It was, Oh crap. I got something that I was supposed to be doing tomorrow and it's on that laptop. So eh, I got to go figure that one out. Um, but there was some sort of weird thing at the same time that I will state that it almost also felt like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders at the same time. Now there's, I don't want to, I don't want to take up an exact huge amount of time related to this, but the last couple of years that I was there, I, I, I'd already reached out and started doing things in the tech community, but now I was starting to do things more from, I would say like a kind of an independent blogger, independent analyst type of thing. So if you guys ever heard of uh, Stephen Foskett and his tech field day components, I had, course, I had yeah. yeah, I had started to get invited to, quite a few events by that particular point. I think I managed to get up to double digits by the time it was all said and done. And my manager actually encouraged me to go do this. Um, he said, nope, you don't need to take personal time to do this. We're not gonna make you sacrifice this. Um, and at the end of the day, what we want out of our architects is to be able to see things from all sorts of different angles. And something like this is gonna be a great way to see tech from multiple different angles across the board. So I, I, I applaud him for being one of the few managers who felt like, yes, let's, let's go and send these folks to these things. It doesn't cost us anything to do it other than a little bit of time. And as long as I'm keeping ahead on my project work, this is, this is going to end up working out in the end. But a weird thing happened while I was there. I started to get more involved. I, I, I realized that there, there was something else that I felt like I'm, I was looking for in my particular position. Yes, I was automating things. I was making things better from a process improvement perspective. I couldn't quite initially put my finger on it, but I felt like there was something else I should probably be working on. Um, it took me a while to finally identify it. And it, and it, and basically getting your job ripped out from underneath your, underneath your legs helps you in some regards, but it has a way of, uh, Focusing the mind. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that thing in, in nature where they talk about, uh, I don't know, some bird species that are like, well, we got to toss the young one out and see if he can fly. And if he can't, uh, oops. But uh, if he can, then, hey, we're very proud and come back and visit us next year at the nest. So so in this particular case, it gave me I, – I, the reason I felt that the weight was lifted off my shoulders was the fact that now I could try to pursue and try to find what this – 
like almost, I won't say a feeling of longing to some degree, but something in going to those events and being involved in all the tech groups and being involved in the various tech communities, I felt like there was something in there that I should be doing that, you know, that even though maybe I wasn't the most highly paid tech blogger, uh, as far as on the side, things were concerned that something could be done in there. I just didn't quite put my finger on it until I started the job hunt. The job hunt, this is where, uh, if there's any piece of advice I could give any of your listeners, expand that personal network as far reaching as possible. Always be in communication with the even the far fringe edges of it because you never know which one of those persons might be able to help you find your, 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 your next position, even when you may not even be looking for it. So at the end of the day, it took a little bit longer than what I expected, so I'll give it that. But I also realized when I started to uh, align things with calendars and things like that, that, you know, April, May, you're starting to get into almost near end, end of fiscal years for a lot of larger organizations. Like, you know, the local, so the KC scene has quite a few uh, branch offices for like your 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 Dell EMCs, your, your Cisco's, your... Uh, I won't say VMware's got their own shop in here, but some of those, some of those other places that you you you're tried and true kind of hardware vendor type of folks, your your NetApps, your basically you know whoever's making a couple billion dollars a year, they've probably got an ancillary office out here. But that's also around fiscal year time, and they tend to kind of wane down on the hiring because a lot of folks know what's coming at the fiscal year, which is a reorg and they don't know if, if they hire somebody at in May, whether or not they really are going to have that position come July when things are, things are ready to flip over as far as the calendar was concerned. So I ran into that quite frequently. And although the, I made a lot of contacts in there, nothing really panned out. In fact, it was actually funny. I think, you know, um, Dell, Dell's automated system finally got back to me seven months later and told me, uh, thanks, but no thanks. So I, 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 I think I figured that one out there, automated system. Um, so I it, it ended up, then I started working through even more personal layers within that network, folks who knew, who knew other folks. And so in, in a weird sort of way, so it was about mid-May. So we were coming up on the one year anniversary of it. Since I'm still unemployed, someone uh, someone over that I know, you know, Andrew Miller, he used to work over at Rubric, now works at uh, um, Pure Storage. Their Rubric was uh, doing an event. They were doing their Camp Rubric, and but an Insiders edition. This was for bloggers, analysts, things like that. They were they were, they were paying the they were, they were picking up the tab for people to come out to Palo Alto, and we'd have a lot of FaceTime with some of the brass at rubric and get some actual FaceTime with the product, which many of us had not actually experimented with in the hopes that maybe we'd blog about it and write some things and, you know, be, be positive online and be maybe unpaid advocates to some degree. So while I was there, there were a couple of gentlemen that uh, told me at the same time, you know, um, well, I'll also reveal that at the time I was also trying to interview with them as well. So Andrew had a had a, a bit of a double 
a double meaning for me to come out there would be kind of an initial start of an interview process. But by the time I started tumbling into that interview process, they told me this is going to be an elongated one. And the end goal was going to shoot well past when like the money ran dry from the severance package. So, you know, when you have a wife and a kid and health insurance is absolutely necessary and you don't want to spend all of your severance package on Cobra to cover everybody until you can find a job, and somehow pay the mortgage, you gotta you gotta basically try to make your decisions and cut your losses on some of those things. So I pretty much decided at that point, this wasn't going to happen. So one of the guys there basically said, well, have you looked over at Cohesity? I hadn't heard from them since, uh, it, was one, it was one of my first tech field day events. And I, it never even dawned upon me to even, even ask uh, and look at some of these other companies. So uh, on a kind of a wing and a prayer, I'm like, oh, look, they got an open technical marketing engineer position. So let's just fill this thing out. So it was right before I left coming back to Kansas City. And then I get a call from, uh, yeah, an actual call. I'm trying to remember. Call. Yeah, it was a call. Um, Our old storage boy. You guys know Howard Marks. Sure. Uh, Deep uh, deep storage now works at... yeah, uh, Mr. Hawaiian shirt himself. So <laughs> he had just mentioned that he was having a conversation with somebody over at Cohesity, and they, he dropped my name because they were looking for, it just so happened to be, it was that same technical marketing engineer position. And what basically happened from that particular point was a, a whirlwind that involved a Friday with four straight remote zoom interviews if you've ever done one it's already bad enough now do back to back to back to back oh and also mention i did have a fifth interview that particular day with another uh, another company that i was uh, looking at as well so that's and this was right before memorial day weekend um so managed to find four people who obviously weren't going anywhere for memorial day weekend to be able to do to do interviews at that point And then what transpired was Wednesday of the week after I received an offer sheet and it was pretty significant compared. I I really honestly did not know going into it what that particular position was going to net me from a salary position. But Mm -hmm. I will state this, that if you ever get an opportunity to get fired, I won't won't call it fired. I will say laid off from your position. And then six weeks late, six to eight weeks later, end up with a thirty-three percent raise. I say go for it. Um, that's <laughs> the, you know do do that every single time. So, and then by that particular point, my wife was jumping up and down because she's like, "Thank God we've got health insurance. It's not going to expire." And you know, uh, from a personal perspective, just a huge weight lifted off my shoulder. But in the end, it took a little bit. But that personal network is what ultimately uh, helped me land that particular position. Now, there, yeah, I won't say everything's been absolutely spot on and perfect. I mean, I told you, you guys heard the name originally, it was technical marketing engineer. Now I have a different title, a little bit of internal restructuring as far as how some of the marketing endeavors uh, were going to go. And I originally thought I was being hired for outbound marketing. So basically, God forbid anybody would want this face to be the face of their organization, but they pay me well and I will put it forward. Um, But originally early on, the position was kind of 
mashed together with four other positions. So it was kind of muddled. No one really knew exactly what we were supposed to be doing. And they, they, they straightened that out by about VM world time. Um, we all kind of, they, they, they created four concrete paths and I chose on the marketing side of the equation because after all that I had been through and I talked about the itch that needed to be scratched, the longing that I was looking for, the thing was, is I, I realized at the end of the day, I started off my career after college being a consultant and that ended up being that apparently I like talking to people and this got me in a roundabout sort of way, kind of out of the crusty curmudgeons that are in IT staffs who try to avoid talking to people to now being back out there and talking with folks. At the end of the day, it's about educating folks. Even if I'm being paid to educate folks on a certain particular topic, the idea is I just want to have a conversation with a tech person. And at the end of the day, Maybe they be maybe they be a little more enlightened than what they were before we had that particular conversation. And in this particular case, um, the only thing that I feel like I have to fight is whenever you say you're in a marketing department as a technical person, everybody immediately from a from a tech side of the equation almost likes to give you the equivalent of in the south of, of oh bless your heart. Um, but, but, but the, I mean, the fact of the matter is I feel like, I feel like now I'm being challenged in so many different technical ways that I wasn't initially. And the company that I'm working for was desperately searching for folks with tech experience to kind of bring forth the story at the end of the day, you know, I've been there now 10 months. I really do believe in the product in question. I didn't find myself initially thinking I would be, but when I remember what I've been through in my particular career and to see the direction that some of the technology is changing that, I'm genuinely excited to talk to folks about the, the, the product that my company creates. I'm not going to try to sell you on it right here, guys. That's uh, I, hopefully it, it, you guys almost had that look of horror on the video cam. Go, oh, God, now he's going to start doing the selling part of this equation. That, we knew all about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in marketing. I'm not in sales. I don't have a commission, but if you want to talk about it, we can talk offline. So, um, but no, but at the end of the day, it gets me an opportunity. I get to go to, I get to interact with the community on a whole different level. Um, I get to interact with a lot of individuals. Um, I mean, in a, in a weird sort of way, I'm one of the few folks who've now gone from being a tech field day delegate to a tech field day presenter. So I had to immediately within two months of me flipping to the other side, have to then talk to a bunch of folks that I was just at with the last event that I had gone to. So uh, somehow um, that's worked out because now for some strange reason, I've done now three of them in the last year. So I don't know. Apparently I must be good at something and they've, they've, uh, they, they continue to put me up there because, you know, uh, you don't, some of those events, you don't want to put your lowest common denominator up there. But in, in my particular case, I kind of feel like I, I, I make things average as far as that's concerned. Um, but no, but it's, it's been, it's been a trip from that perspective, but I, I really do feel like that at the end of the day, one of the things that I had discovered about going to those particular events and that my manager at that time, who I can't speak any more positively about the uh, managerial experience that I had at LightEdge. Um, most folks throughout their career rarely find someone as invested 
or willing to give to their particular immediate reports that I had with my manager there at LightEdge. And honestly, that's probably one of the few things that let me stay there for as long as I did. Because even though I was, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say exactly happy, but content. I liked, I really liked the team I was on and the manager was by far compared to what I had 14 years working at Cerner, a night and day difference. I mean, if, if there's anything that can be said, most folks go through their careers and never find somebody, it, it, what you, you get is an actual stereotypical manager. But what I got was actually somebody who you, you, you know, cliched, but he was more of like a, a, a mentor slash leader in that particular regard. And that, that in and of itself was worth the four years that, uh, that, that I spent there for that. And it, I mean, even to the point I, I had, a, I, so I've got on this other screen here, a text conversation that I had with him. And one of his last things that he basically said to me was that all of my best employees should quit on me at some point. That's just how it should work. Loyalty is important, but in our roles, growth is just as or more important. And hmm. if you ever get a chance to get a hold of one of those managers, you you learn as much as you can from them. But the realization is you can't keep yourself attached to them the entire time. And that that right there was probably if if and he had told me that a couple of times because I think he knew that I was um, constantly see seeking the horizon, so to speak, when I should have been, you know, working on things right then and there. But, you know, um, again, if you get an opportunity uh, for any of your listeners out there, if you find a manager that actually inspires, well, I'd say a manager, but if you find a mentor that inspires you from that particular perspective, you, you learn what you can and you turn around and you hope to make them just as proud. Well, it's, you know, one of the cliches is that, you know, people will quit a bad manager, even if the job is good and the company is good. But mm -hmm. I think the flip side of that is, as you're pointing out, you know, you can be okay, um, um, content, maybe not super inspired, but still want to stay on for a really good manager. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what I needed was essentially, you know, that push out of the nest to go seek what uh, I felt like I should have gone to go seek earlier uh, in that, in that regard. But, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to stay a little too long at light edge on my own accord and still be able to find essentially what I wanted to continue to do. Most folks, I mean, once you get to a particular point in your career and in your personal life, I mean, you know, I've got a, I've got a wife, I've got a five-year-old at home. Um, sometimes we end up making decisions more on their behalf instead of our own personal behalf. And I was on the verge of having to settle. And that was really going to not, well, settle well with me in, in that regard. Well, when so, you have a lot, when you have a lot on the line, you start to become risk averse, right? Yeah. Well, and uh, that's one of the things I think I may have even written a blog post on it to some degree, but um, at the end of the day with that particular manager, with that particular group of folks that I was working, uh, working with comfort, um, there's something to be said about being in a comfortable position. You're not necessarily challenged, but you're not necessarily, you know, there's not a whole lot of risk that, you know, it's like, it's like you can put the minimal amount of effort into the, into the machine 
and and get just enough to get you by as far as that's concerned. And that's what I felt like I'd say probably the last 18 months there was, I will say I was blinded by comfort. I, I fell into my own trap to some degree of trying to always make things better to find, find, uh, to find and try to, you know, be the constant tinkerer as far as things are concerned. And my outlet in that particular regard was going to these tech events was getting involved with uh, the blogging, cap- uh, the, the blogging groups and, you know, the, um, the, the various tech communities and things like that. And that was my outlet. But even my manager at the time told me, he said, it's almost like you're two different individuals. There's this person that goes to this stuff. And then I never see that person here in the office. What did, where, what, what's, what's going on? I want you to marry those two personas together. And at the end of the day, I had to be dropped on my ass and moved on to another company to finally put the two together. And that's really, at the end of the day, what I was looking for. Somehow to try to tie those two, two particular sides of myself together instead of being two separate entities, but to be essentially one, one very powerful entity with the two sides uh, kind of working, working in conjunction with each other. And cliche, but you know, this is where... I don't want to call it a dream job. They, you know, if you have to take a look at my schedule sometimes, probably not necessarily the dream you were looking for. But um, what I get to do is combining tech with interacting with folks and not necessarily being beholden to a sales pipeline, which probably is you know, the simplest way to explain it. But that's, at the end of the day, what I was looking for. I think you, it feels like now you're starting to take a personal shot at us. <laughs> no, I see. And that's the thing. Not, I, it, different strokes for different folks. But, you know, from my perspective, it, it gives me, it, it allows me to scratch all those itches in kind of a combined, for lack of a better term, a combined Venn diagram, instead of feeling like I have to give, you know, 20 hours a week external from the job to make this other stuff happen while I'm still, while I'm still doing the 40 to 50 hours on top of it. Um, you know, very, very rarely does positions like that open up for some companies. And I will, I will be forever grateful that there's some folks at my particular company that let me get away with some of the, some of the BS that I can end up getting away with. So, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's one of those that, um, you know, they must see a lot of value in me. And in return, I try to give as much value back to them as possible because that's, that's what, that's what jobs usually are at the end of the day. Everybody trading value for something. Of course. Now here's a question since the uh, interaction and the blogging and attending these events used to be an outlet and now it's a full-time gig. Were you afraid in the beginning that it might at some point no longer be fun? Yeah. Cause it's kind of like that whole thing of when you take a hobby and turn it into a, turn it into a career type of idea. Um, I think a little bit of that comes with the fact that I'm I'm generally humbled by some of the folks that I end up working with and they always still remind me to try to find try to find the joy in some of these things. So, I mean at the end of the day what I can't what I can't replicate is going to a Vmug user con, going to a major trade show. I'm just having dinner with an influencer and and talking with talking with folks um 
you know, away from, <laughs> as some of us always used to call it, the meat market that is the, you know, that is the expo areas. And just getting to know some of these people to talk about just tech in a more relaxed sort of setting. And, you know, this, those are the sorts of things that I look forward to. And regardless of whether I'm being paid by a vendor, I feel like I can do that as an independent and I can do that as kind of a paid representative. Only difference is I can pick up the check and expense it um, versus both of us having to figure out how to split it at the end of the night. <laughs> can you talk about... Um maybe some of those lessons learned, you know, going through this process, it's, it's really amazing to hear how happy you are now. Um, maybe not with the travel, but <laughs> that's, that's always a uh, uh, rough, but I, I, you know, I definitely picked out that you said, you know, improve that networking, um, and that, you know, that, uh, professional networking group that you are connected to and who you regularly interact with. I kind of feel like you teased out the idea of figuring out maybe the things that you enjoy about, um, that you enjoy doing that maybe aren't in your current job and maybe trying to find that in the next job. And for you, it was presenting and, and doing technical education and, uh, you know, quote unquote evangelism. Um, am I on the right track there? Like that? Yeah, I, I would say to some degree, because again, I, I mean, things change. I mean, I, if I would have thought, if you would have went and asked college me the idea that you would eventually be doing a position that you stand in front of big audiences and give 45 to 60 minutes of technical presentations without messing your pants, then I'm pretty sure my college, my college self would have told you, no, no, that's never going to happen. You don't even like, you don't even like being on the phone on the radio for crying out loud. But I think uh, ultimately, it, to me, it uh, just when you get challenged during the course of your career, you're always constantly then looking for the next challenge, I guess, to some degree. And in some sort of weird sort of way, when I look back at my, my particular career, a lot of things that I was initially afraid of, I've conquered. But you then continue to find other things. So we go back to process improvement in a technical realm. I've also been looking at it from myself from a personal improvement perspective. And every path that you find good, there's always, there's always multiple choices. And some of them end up either really rewarding you in the end or you get a really good story in the end as a, as a well, that's not going to happen again type of, type of story. And... I think I've been lucky enough to navigate a few things, but I think late now that I'm in my now that I'm in my 40s and working through my particular career, I'm finding that I like my challenges to be a little greater than what they were initially. So this whole thing of interacting with people, overcoming the crusty curmudgeon IT guy that I was initially become uh, that I was initially becoming, especially uh, we'll go back to it when you have to vMotion. 3,000 hosts uh, and, and evacuate 3,000 hosts for patch updates, you get very crusty real quick. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, but it, what it came down to was the fact that I, the first thing I had to conquer was the people problem and getting to understand people and interact with people. And from there that exploded the, the, the personal network and, you know, I've had so many people tell me it and now I've actually lived it that is the ultimate career safety net that you could possibly make for yourself. So I would state is, you know, if you're, 
if you if you definitely know you're not an extrovert, um, that still doesn't keep you. Guess what? You've got an entire community of extroverts. Go to a user group. Spark just even spark up a conversation. Go at hey, what are you working on? You never know what uh, what's 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 going to spawn out from it in the end. So. It's it's amazing the power of like fifty people in in their immediate first thought about you is, well, that guy's not available, but if he was, <laughs> right, then you want like an entire group of people to think of you that way. Well, and you know, especially from that, if, I mean, if you've got folks who are just like, hey, you know, I have a problem introducing myself at uh, user group meetings and things like that. Well, see, uh, here in Kansas City, they have it at one of the breweries. So after you've had, if you've knocked back a couple of high ABV brews, you can basically talk with everybody at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so that, well, wait, maybe that's not a good idea. I think I just advocated heavy drinking as a great way to introduce yourself. Maybe if you're going to an AA meeting, I don't, I don't know where they, either way, um, it definitely did help, especially for the first presentation that I did, but you know, the natural ability that, uh, that was stuck deep inside of me managed to manage to manifest itself and save it after, after no longer needing uh, kind of like Dumbo's feather to fly at that particular point. <laughs> so here's a question, John. So how do you decide what's next for you? I mean, it sounds like you went through what we would call the area of destiny exercise, things you really enjoy. And, you know, where, where is there a market for me to be able to do this? And the intersection was is kind of what you're doing now. So if there was a what's next and you had to, take a shot, what would you think that might be? Well, you know, I've always told myself never management, but you know what that usually, I've, I've always found out the, the folks that say I will never do this are usually the best persons for that particular role. It's, it's usually, again, because it's, guess what it is? It's a challenge. If you don't feel like you can manage people, well, learn. That's that's one of the great ways. I'm, I, I, I kind of go back that 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 Phoenix Project book. I don't know if between the two of you guys have you read the Phoenix Project book? Yes, sir. Definitely. So, so always at the end. So that that character Eric, who had been the kind of the mentor between everything, when he he talks to Bill and he says, "By the way, you're going to write me a book." And Bill's response is, "I've never written anything longer than an email." His first the, the response immediately afterwards. He gives him basically, he states that he gives him an, uh, an unassuming glance and just tells him deadpan, learn. That's <laughs> at, at the end of the day, the really the only, you know, God, boy, I'm going to, I really am going to sound like a cliche. You can uh, actually, I, should, uh, I know what my next stage of my career is going to be. I'm going to write graduation cards that just say, congrats, you know, uh, here's, here's the next uh, step of your life type of stuff and start coming up with all sorts of funny, funny things that I can, I can add to it since we're coming up on graduation season. But at the end of the day, it, I mean, it's cliched, but um, I mean, You've, you've got to force yourself to get past some of these things because really the only thing holding yourself back is you. Yeah, the, the advice I always give is like if you're worried that you're going to be bad, then you shouldn't worry because you definitely will be at first. <laughs> um, hey, trust me, I'm, you know, I did... I, Ten, uh, 10 months, I don't exactly have the the polished diamond shine everyone's expecting of me over here, but, you know... The realization is I also, I, I don't come from any marketing background. So if you expect me to be a marketer first, then the, 
hey, um, I guess I can go get an MBA or something. I, you know, if, if, hey, challenge me on that as long as you pay for it. That's that's <laughs> that's that uh, that's that's what I can tell my boss at this particular point. If you want to challenge me, okay, go ahead. But uh, I don't know how I'm going to get an MBA and travel as much as you're asking me to do. It's funny because it's called technical marketing, not marketing technician, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, which, although it's really hilarious in the job market, you you put the word marketing in a title, and again, immediately folks think that you've lost a step somewhere, and you have you've, you're you're not able to keep up from that perspective. But I, I pretty much claim. I mean, I'm challenged by. I've got former field CTOs on my team. I've got I've got uh, you know uh, Chris Colotti in a VCDX who's always pushing me from a design perspective. To, I mean, shoot, uh, his 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 story basically is he's like. You know, we both got to find, find out each other's metal when we were stuck in the back of making the Cohesity truck, um, uh, where we spent seven weeks in the back of a semi-trailer, basically locked into an enclosed space for a while, trying to build a data center in the back there. And we both, we both got to got to yell and scream and uh, get everything basically out of the way as far as things are concerned. But you know, that's we we both got to see the highest highs and the lowest lows working together in a very short amount of time period, and we both still somehow prefer to work with each other. So. Yeah, wait, whoa, that's we're gonna have you back for that story. Like we need, <laughs> yeah. we absolutely you need Chris. to hear that story. <laughs> we'll just yeah, have you recreate um, it on on air. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if it, you guys got one of those buzzers for like, uh, um, we can bleep things afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Post-production. Yes. This is definitely not a, li- not a live production. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was an awesome, awesome story and a, and a great, uh, great story arc too. If you had to give anybody some advice on how to get into technical marketing in that particular role, what would you say to them? What should they be targeting? I actually go back and I think some of us, um, some of the folks who have gone through and I, I go back to the tech field day thing. Um, Steven is a pretty good guy for checking to see what the pulse is from community folks. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of folks that get hired by vendors and he can no longer bring them to events. So he's constantly got a bit of a churn. He's always got to look for new folks who are out there. Discovering your writing abilities, discovering your opinion, not what you believe some what your what uh, whether your opinion swayed by you know a fancy backpack. I'm I'm pointing at my own company in that regard, but try not to let that sway you, but to be able to find that middle ground where you can see the positives and the negatives. Basically, apply that kind of that architect mentality, but to then be able to take it in the form of can you write about it? Can you articulate it and put it down and put it out there? Just I, even, I mean, even from my perspective, my blog probably barely even got over like 50, 60, 70 readers from or 70 reads from some of the stuff that I've, I've written. But all you need is that one person to read it, analyze it and go, well, I agree with that. This is, this guy's got a good point. And do it a couple more times, and the next thing you know, as long as you're not hired by a vendor, Steven's got a spot for you on a field day event. And from there, God knows what can take off. Um, but you have to start at least try to harness that, which for a lot of folks is kind of hard to do. Your your first blog post, <laughs> yeah, you probably wish you'd want to write it write it again uh, after it gets put out there. But 
I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. You got to be able to willing to take your, your criticism, good or bad. Um, well, this is the internet. So the really, really bad, um, on top of it, the, 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 uh, uh bot, bot bad, as far as, uh, some, some things are concerned and just continue with it. It's, it's practice. It's uh, mastery happens over the course of repetition. So you keep doing it. I mean, you may get better, you may not, but hey, it beats not not ever finding out what would happen if you didn't do it. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's the one thing. It's just you know, I'm married. I've been married now for a while. I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? Somebody says no. Not the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a good. A good place to wrap it up. What are your thoughts, Mr. John White? Yep, that's uh, perfect. It's a, it's a great, uh, great uh, stinger there. Great ending. <laughs> John, thanks so much for, for uh, coming on Nerd Journey. Um, we uh, look forward to having uh, uh, different uh, and new conversations in the future. <laughs> and if people want to contact you, John, uh, can they reach you on Twitter, LinkedIn, anything you want to give out to people listening? Yeah, so pretty easy. Well, I can probably devote an entire story on how the Twitter handle uh, came to be back in college, but uh, the Twitter handle is at SnoopJ123. I can be reached. You can you can look for uh, John Hildebrand. That's J-O-N, last name of Hildebrand, H-I-L-D-E-B-R-A-N-D. Uh, I know there's a few of us, but if you find the one who works at Cohesity, you've, you've managed to find my particular profile there too as well. Nice. Amazing. Again, thank you so much for coming on their journey. Yes, thank you. Oh, thanks again for having me, gents. Well, Nick, uh, getting laid off was obviously a rough incident for John, as I'm sure it would be for anyone. But he gave us some valuable insight on how he actually set himself up for success and how it was maybe the best thing that could have happened to him at that point. I'm thinking about how to apply what he did to my career, you know, just in case. <laughs> um, but it was something along the lines of network, you know, constantly grow and prepare for another step, whether or not you actually want to take one, uh, because someone else might make that decision for you. And this is all something we talk about being prepared for, but I just don't think anyone really is. We can We can tell you what it's like, but until you experience it, you might not actually know. Yeah, very true. I mean, I've never actually been laid off like that. Um, and I just can't imagine that, you know, anything that you do actually uh, will prepare you for it, especially emotionally. Um, and especially if you're happy in your current gig. Um, but anyway, I'm really glad John was here to talk us through his experience. Uh, time to get out of here now? Absolutely. But before we do, got to make a plug for the John White School of Mentoring. Maybe you're out there. Maybe you're happy in your current gig. You've never been laid off, but you want to try and be as prepared as possible. John can help with that. Send that tweet out to at Nerd Journey, and I can get you pricing and packaging on how we can get you some of John's time. Just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. <laughs> uh, Nick, if we ever get, you know, somebody who's actually interested in buying an ad, um, 
you're going to have to be the one who reads it because you're the one who, with all the experience of your, your fake ad read for the John White School of Mentoring. No problem. If anybody <laughs> wants to sponsor the John White School of Mentoring so we can make an ad <laughs> on our blog page, <laughs> please reach out. We'll, uh, we'll give you a, an early adopter discount. <laughs> all right. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at The Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore signing off. Adios.